Hello, I'm Nicole Lamb, and I'm a former retail comic shop manager. Is that words? I think so. And I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Chris Casso, still a horse, and uh, I am the writer and creator of TrustyHenchman.com, uh, and I am also the Lord of Illusions. And uh, so, yeah, how are you, Nicole? Well, this is our podcast. We should write this oh. down. This is becoming yeah. a habit. <laughs> you just really want to know how I'm doing. I this... do. I do. I, I forget about the, what we are. What we are. What are we doing? <laughs> Who are we? Yes. Why are we here? It's Existential well, Crisis episode, also known as Berserk episode. <laughs> yay, perfect. Good rolling. So for those who are unfamiliar, Berserk is a manga and an anime and a lifestyle. It is. Um that uh we absolutely love and in an earlier episode uh we said that you know just pre-warning this is also the berserk podcast and then we proceeded to never talk about berserk absolutely. <laughs> um so this is us catching up and um the trick is is that berserk has like what 42 43 volumes something like that um 40-ish. i've read all 40-ish. Yeah. I've read all of them, um, but they are now doing these really, really, really nice hardcovers. Really nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, so both Nicole and I are buying those. And so, Nicole, your reading is caught up only to that point. Yes, because I was doing the manga, and when we were still working in a comic shop... Uh, Mm -hmm. I was slowly pacing out my Berserk manga digest forms, and I had only gotten through 11, and then I think the hardcovers started coming out, and I said, well, I guess now I'm doing the hardcovers, and then the pacing will just be whenever they're released. Right. And that is painful, and I slightly regret that decision, (laughs) but I'm sticking with it, because I purged all of my manga digests, and I am not rebuying those, at least right now, while I'm feeling moments of sanity. Yes. Yes. And then, so they they did uh, um, an anime years ago, and like you have late seen all 90s? of nineties, mid late nineties, mid late because I think the the series the the manga started like what like eighty nine or something like that. Um, so you have seen all of that and own right? own a deluxe remastered edition, which looks exactly the same as every other edition. Yes, right. Yep, and then they then they also made the uh, the movies, which are condensed versions of the anime series, where they add some material, but they take out some material as well. But then they they adapt it with that new CG technology that I absolutely, completely, utterly hate. Um, it's not as bad as some others, but like whenever there's giant fight scenes it's the worst because every model is the same human also i notice it just doesn't have a good flow you'd think like a computer generated thing would give this like really great animation i guess it's up to the hands of the humans working on it though yeah but it's just clunky yeah it's clunky yeah and then there is a new series on crunchyroll that uh i have not seen through i saw uh, a chunk of, and then my eyes started to bleed, and my soul weeped. So, <laughs> so how many? Do you remember how many episodes you got through? Oh, like one. Oh, and barely even, barely even through that. Uh, like my brain started to like deteriorate and shut down. Um, it, it's like that scene from uh, the last Indiana Jones movie, the last good one, uh, where where the guy just starts to drinks from the wrong cup and starts to disintegrate. That's what happened. 
you know just i hated it yeah so we should probably actually tell people what berserk is about i guess yeah and also that we're gonna talk a lot about it with no care to whether or not we're spoiling things for you so yeah i'm going to anyway i i just want to let people know i don't give a if you've read it or not i love berserk i'm gonna talk about it Take this as the spoiler podcast that will hopefully make you interested in Berserk, you know, hopefully. if you hear all these weird things. So Berserk is a dark fantasy series that follows the main character of Guts, who at the start of the series, it's the future of the series. And he is basically hunting down and murdering monsters and demons. And then as the series progresses, you get a flashback and a giant chunk of the series called the Golden Age arc is all more of a medieval action drama romance. And (laughs) bromance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's no demons in that segment until a certain point. And Um, then, yeah. And then the demons start coming out. Yeah. Um, But a lot of it really, really heavily focuses on the relationships and the trauma that Guts goes through in his life. Um, So I just reread the first hardcover. Um, My note is I've, I've read the series, I think, a total of five times. But this is the first time in the oversized hardcovers. And I still get a little bit something new each time. But uh, the series kind of starts off right with him killing the hell out of, uh, well, he's, <laughs> the, 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 the very first page is him sleeping with a lady who starts to turn into a demon that tries to eat him. Yes. And then he blows off her head. Which is kind of weird considering Guts is like, I don't know if he's a prude per se, but he's just not like a warm and fuzzy kind of guy. So that would even include being intimate. And he's had a lot of sexual trauma in his life. Well, specifically within that first and second chapter, the moment anybody touches him, he uh, he immediately reacts violently. Yeah. So so it's a little little off putting to have him seducing a woman demon right off the bat or even being seduced by a woman. Right. He would just be like, I don't have time for you. Go away. Right. (laughs) But I think that was definitely uh, um, Mira, uh, the creator, just being like, going to shock him. Sexy sex. Yeah. She's got 50 billion teeth and is about to swallow him. You know? Um, It's one of those like splash manga page things that are like, this doesn't really have to do with the story, but we just want to put it in there. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then it follows him as he confronts a giant snake demon, and he meets a little fairy named Puck, and um, it kind of progresses into these short little little bits of of revealing like this demon infested world, and they're all hunting him down. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I just reenact the entire series, which sounds like what I'm about to do. What's the, was there anything on your most recent read through that you really want to talk about? I'm in volume five now. So it's, it's like right after the golden age arc ends and new Mm. chapters begin for guts. I, my involvement in the series is like watching the anime that you loaned me. um, And I watched it in different chunks. So I, so the, the anime from the nineties, starts with that scene of him fighting the demon you know lord guy 
um, the snake guy snake yeah. guy who's who's like is he like a duke or a lord or something of that that land Cause... i think they called him lord uh well no because there's like a mayor of the town who reports to the guy because basically he's just kind of lording over the small town and demanding tribute mm. which is in the form of women and children that he eats right a lot of cannibalism in yeah and a lot of- well if it's demons eating you is that cannibalism they used to be human okay it's cannibalism. so it's yeah. like a technicality maybe uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i don't know yeah. but yeah i mean so it starts <laughs> with that and then you see the bailey which is um a thing that helps to to grant you this kind of demon power i guess it's kind of like would you say it's like a tool that you would get in this world that would help give you like a deal with the devil? So you trade a sacrifice yeah. of something and then you get this like power that you want. Yes. It turns you yeah, into yeah. a demon. It's just it's kind like of like a, summoning a physical rail, uh, like relic or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But it's also alive. That's the thing about the Baylit that's worth mentioning. It's a great design. It's this little like teardrop shape red stone. And it's got, like, a nose and two eyes and lips, but they're in, like, Picasso arrangements. Yeah. They're all over the place. But then as you get closer to being able to summon when the stars are right, uh, the it kind of adjusts itself into a face. And then it weeps bloody tears and cries. Yep. And then bad things happen. Yep, pretty much. They're also nutritious. It's <laughs> just something you'll find out later. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, See, part of the reason why I've been putting off reading Volume 5 is because I have to wait another, like, two months for the next hardcover to come out. I know. So I think there was a part of me that was like, just pace yourself, you know? But then there's another part of me that's like, but I I love Berserk. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so now I must suffer. (laughs) Well, so perfect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's worth noting is that uh, Berserk has one of the worst release schedules in the world. Yeah. Uh, there were like four to five year gaps between some chapters. Um, Mira, I've heard, has different health issues. Yeah, it's it's if you actually get a new chapter within a year, it's cause to celebrate. Like that's that's a good pace for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so long term Berserk fans are in a continual holding pattern. And if you ever mention any other series making you wait, shut up. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. you wait a long time. For yeah, I, I've been looking at some stuff online and some people who are just like, just end it already. Like they're just <laughs> like they clearly <laughs> like the series, but they're also just like done with waiting. And they're just free like, me from this just purgatory. Forget, just whatever. Just end it. Just be done. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in this so, purgatory for too long. <laughs> so gentle reader or gentle listeners, uh, if you if you have any interest after what we talk about, just keep in mind that you will suffer. You will have to wait forever. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance he's going to die before he ever ends it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sucks. But it, yeah, but I think that the journey is what is the most interesting. Just following yes. Guts's path and who he comes across and meets and interacts with and guts is like a really interesting character because he does come off as this generic you know stoic i feel nothing hard guy but kind of a himbo a himbo a himbo what's that uh a man bimbo (laughs) 
<laughs> that the, that's the first time you've heard himbo, I yes, guess. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay, so... I, he's I not quite know. a himbo. No, because no. it's... He's... Yeah, like a like a non-thinking killing machine who doesn't care about anything and, you know, talks down to people who are quote-unquote weak. But then you'll have moments where he does care about people or you do see that he feels things and he'll have albeit begrudging relationships with people but then he'll learn to you know love them in his own way and you can tell that he cares about people um and he's also like not impervious like he's not impenetrable like he's dealt with a lot of terrible things and it's created why he is that way why he is that so like cold seemingly uncaring person and so it all makes sense it has context it has it has validity to it it's not just like a big tough guy big sword slash you down you know yeah the nice thing is you don't have to wait too long for that to become obvious because it's all within the first uh the first hardcover yeah so within the first three volumes um because so the after the snaky guy and uh there's a couple like small bits in between there's the slug guy and that's the the lord of the town um who is on like witch hunts and he just randomly chooses people to murder and behead and uh he's this huge big like humpty dumpty looking like just giant round person the thing that he transforms into quick note in this world the apostles the demons have a human form although sometimes they have weird eyes and weird teeth and then they take their demon form, which is kind of a reflection of, of what they are inside. So this guy, I forget his name, but he turns into sort of like a weird giant slug monster. So that guy has a daughter who he actually still loves. And they do this whole sequence where like he may have to sacrifice his daughter. She has she sees all this horrible stuff. Um, she's traumatized. And then Guts basically talks down to her and tells her, like, you you, you just got to get up or else you're not worth living. And then he goes out of his way to save her, sees how much she's hurting, and then turns around. And it's like the saddest face ever drawn in a manga ever. Yeah. Um, because the his companion, the, the little uh, fairy, uh, uh, Puck, is about to berate him for being a cold, heartless monster. Which is what Puck and does then, all the time. Yeah, but then he sees that face, and he's just like, oh, oh. So a lot of it is his guts swallowing his own emotions, sometimes for the benefit of others. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a fascinating character right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, It's worth mentioning that in his background, so this is covered in the first hardcover. It's the start of the Golden Age arc, and they show you when he was born. And he was born from a woman who was hung from a tree. So, like, he, he would, her death was his birth, and he was basically just a newborn laying in a puddle of mud, blood, and, and afterbirth. And then a band of mercenaries found him, and one of the women in the band who just suffered uh, the loss of her child, she just immediately adopts the kid, raises him. She dies a few years later. He immediately, as a child, learns to have to accept, you know, the pain of loss. And then he's raised by a terrible, terrible mercenary who, who abuses him at... her partner. Her partner. Yeah, and yeah. he blames Guts for the death of his his uh, 
his partner. They don't make that quite obvious immediately. I think that's something that they added a bit later. Oh, I just know that they did do that at some point where he he blames Guts, but I don't remember where because I haven't. Gotcha. Well, a lot of it is is that uh, everybody thinks it's everybody in the band of the mercenaries thinks it's bad luck to take a child from that situation. Right. It's a bad omen. Um, so they're a cowardly and superstitious lot. <laughs> yeah, the, the the new thing I got out of this that I wanted to share with you was the the daughter of the demon. Uh, her name, I think, was Teresa uh, within that, you know, that first uh, volume. Basically, the motivating power Guts gives her to live the rest of her life is to hate Guts. It's it's like she she vows to murder and kill Guts because uh, she blames him for bringing this misfortune on her family, even though her father was a demon way before that. <laughs> and uh, and then Guts is like, good. Yeah, you hold on to that. I'll see you later. So it's one of those things, though, I completely forgot about that because that's, you know, from 1989. Uh, And we are now in 2020 and the timelines have moved so far ahead. But if I'm thinking correctly in the timeline, she's something like 15 or 16, maybe maybe a little bit younger. In the current timeline, she'd be in her late 20s or 30s. And so, like, that's a character we can see again. Mm. Uh, th- there's this random woman who knows about the demons who uh, has this this murder hard on for, for guts. Um, and she, so... as far as you remember, she hasn't shown up again? Nope. Hmm. I don't recall ever seeing her again. Hmm. So, yeah, just a, a neat little, like... Oh, if if Mira has the inclination to and the long term memory, he might be like, ha remember this? Yeah, could so. be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was nervous about going past the Golden Age arc because it's like it's kind of a comfort zone. It's what they base, you know, two different animations on. It's it's what they tend to focus on. And there's just so much so much different stuff that happens after that series that. It's more just like the Golden Age arc shapes some of, you know, what is to come of having like the demons just out and attacking guts and his hatred for Griffith, which I haven't come across a thing with Griffith as the now fifth hand of God. You know, you technically did because he's in the very first volume as as the the new creature. As the what? Okay, yeah. hold on. <laughs> so, so for context, there's <laughs> there's a uh, group of demons that are the the godhead um and they're the ones that the apostles are worshiping and they're basically hellraiser cenobite demons they are specifically uh, uh mira quoted them as an influence when they first show up uh because there's five of them for you know five fingers of a hand oh i see uh he's right there and and you get you get the early stages of guts going griffith it's kind of like uh yeah it's kind of like a tetsuo kaneda thing you know tetsuo (laughs) except it's griffith with no one screaming guts yeah okay maybe i need to just maybe i just need to reread all of berserk again Because, yeah, it's right here. It's in uh, Chapter 5, The Guardians of Desire. Yes. Yeah, it's right there. Oh, I guess it's um, also just The Guardians of Desire. Because now I'm seeing it in 4. 
and other things. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I love that we read different things because now we can... <laughs> There's a thing here. Oh, wait, what? Because, I mean, yeah. I've... I thought we would bookend the hardcovers. I'll be the beginning, you be the ending. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, so we should... the whole thing sparked this because I was going to finally watch the Crunchyroll second season animated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to finish Volume 5 in case it referenced Volume 5. Uh, Which yeah. it does, but also doesn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the... Uh... Uh, so it's worth mentioning because we've now screamed his name a bunch of times. Griffith is um, arguably the second or third most important character, mm-hmm. and um, in the flashback sequence that that lasts for years, um, he is the leader of a band of mercenaries, and he's an enigmatic, uh, charming character who everybody that follows him will fight to the death for. Yep. And uh, he's a mastermind. He's, he's brilliant. He's beautiful. He looks like an and angel. He, <laughs> yes. And he chooses guts uh, because he just decides he wants him. And this is where the series starts to kind of put like an underlying current of like, you want him? Like, tell us more about yeah. this. Um, and then they, they fight each other in a duel and uh this is this would be in the second volume i'm going to need to read this soon so i could remember how it goes down but basically the the duel is that if if uh, griffith wins guts belongs to him which is you know a thing guts does not want because at this point in time he's already suffered a number of traumas and he doesn't like the idea of belonging to somebody and he's generally Um, just been a mercenary to the highest bidder and been helping people in this war to just be like a foot soldier kind of guy yep Mm -hmm. um but the he does end up joining the band of the hawk and then he gets introduced to a range of other characters including casca uh who will later become a love interest and after uh, a lot of pain and suffering though because they both hate each other casca is like Griffith has his eye on you and not me now and like I want Griffith's like attention and affection like mm-hmm. for her own validity and it's I, a bit of a love triangle you it know? is it is without really being like yeah you know, yeah that's I, the interesting thing it, it never quite manifests in the ways that you expect it to yes but but all the emotions are definitely there absolutely um and that's where the series really shines as a uh an interesting hybrid of styles because on one hand it's this horribly violent bloody uh i mean it, it puts game of thrones to shame if you're somebody who thinks game of thrones is too a hardcore and adult and um but then there's these very legitimate uh characterizations and emotions um and a few different just levels of storytelling happening Mm -hmm. um and i think that's what really draws us in because i mean i love it for its hyper violence but if it was just that and nothing but that we would be very tired of it at a certain point absolutely um and it's it's these engaging characters that really draw you in yeah yeah especially in the golden age arc it is the interpersonal play of Mm -hmm. conflict and friendship and 
like Guts slowly letting his guard down over years of being yes, with the band years. apart. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, it's almost to the point where he's up until the eclipse like maybe the last year up until the eclipse happens which is where griffith comes to fruition with his bailey which we haven't even mentioned he has a bailey um that is when guts finally gets comfortable and is like friends (laughs) and then it's (laughs) like destruction and it's like friends (laughs) after long years i understand i will have no friends. friends oh no i lost them all He's also bad. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah. So it's worth quickly mentioning. So I watch all of these, uh, the animes in Japanese. I always make that a point because I believe that the first voice actors understand the material better and will give you a better reading. Um, the American dubbing in the original series has some magical stuff. And the guy whose guts plays it like early, uh, uh like uh what what's what why am i christopher nolan batman what's the actor's name uh christian bale christian bale i can never remember bale's name this is like early christian bale you know and he's just kind of like ah i gotta fight the demons (laughs) you know uh and so it's it's kind of great especially there are some uh fantastic um outtakes as well yes you know where he sings my love for you is like a drug yep berserker yeah um but uh so yeah every once in a while i'm gonna refer to bat bat guts just <laughs> so you know well because yeah that's how i i mean ima- imagine him kind of batman-y you know just this low mm-hmm. growling voice you know I, I think I tried to watch the animated, the 90s animated with dubbing, but then I think I also had subtitles on and it, it didn't match because the tra- there was like, right. there's like three different translations to the, the show and they're not that close at all. Um, mm. And so I think I just was like, screw it. I'm just going Japanese again. I just, I can't, which, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll do dubbing down the road because I was in a rewatch phase and I, I can't remember where I stopped. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, I've watched it one and a half times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I don't know how many times I've watched the series. It's It's got to be up there with a five again, you know, something like that. Um, so if, if this gives listeners an idea, like we, we love it to that degree where there's just not enough times we can watch it. Um, there's just so many things you can take away from it each time. Yeah. I mean, clearly you you can see that I need to reread it because I completely forgot about Griffith being in that that first, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, arc there. So I don't know. So here's here's an interesting thing, too, uh, of another big difference in the original anime. There is never a character that's called the Skeleton Knight. Yeah. But in the books, he he's already popped up for you. I'm pretty sure. The Skeleton Knight is is uh, weaved up until the Eclipse stuff, and then after the Eclipse, and then I'm sure he yeah. pops up a few more times. But he's yeah, connected yeah. to the the demons. W- wasn't he somebody who had a... So there's... Go ahead. They, they infer that he probably was somebody that uh, was part of the, the demon ceremony yeah. that happens to Guts and, and uh, Griffith and the others. Um, but he's still completely shrouded in mystery. Oh, um, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, like they they only ever infer that, and you're pretty sure he is this historical figure that they mention in a yes. different flashback at some point, but they still never like say it, and that's something I do love um, yes. because I'm tired of different books and series being like here's this long-term mystery and then we reveal and he was just like a guy you know and it's just like can you leave the mystery like i never needed to know wolverine was a little little boy named james no um like just leave us that mystery right you know um and so berserk does an amazing job of keeping that um Oh, we also haven't mentioned uh, Nosferatu Zod, oh, which God. is one of my favorite names ever. It's really good. Uh, he's, good name. Yeah. In the context of the anime, he's the first like named demon you get. And he's he's a continuing antagonist throughout the series. But he's a very interesting one because he kind of has a... It's sort of a system of honor or respect. Yeah. And if you can actually fight him and not die immediately he will respect you but he is also a mass murderer um yeah but i mean you do get different personalities with different people because there's the the wild wild animal guy who shows up right closer to the eclipse i can't remember what his name is now. oh yeah um and he is just bloodthirsty he will rape anybody kill anybody eat anybody anything like he's just like the epitome of what you would think a demon would be in hell i mean that's what he he embodies um so even that's a personality type (laughs) yep well the interesting thing is that this is something i love all of the apostles they do have a range of personality like there's there's a bunch that are just kind of like bad savage monster guy but, and I'm not going to spoil anything specific because you're not there yet, Nicole, but as you get way later, you get like another dozen different specific apostle characters mm. and each of them has a very unique personality and yeah. some of them are actually quite honorable to a degree. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. There's So as you progress through the series, uh, there's some interesting twists and turns that make you just kind of like begin to wonder like, Who's like the completely bad guy or completely good guy? There's there's not quite that, even though the demons are pretty bad. Um, and uh, it also starts getting into some interesting like mix mashing of mythology as well. Mm. Um, Mira Mira starts to pull from a lot of different influences, and uh, his style is just so strange because like you have a whole bunch of stuff where it's he's referencing Hieronymus Bach. And then uh, Puck starts to break the fourth wall he and does. makes a you know, like weird t- out of time jokes about Yoda, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's all over the place, but in a great way. Yeah. The, the, yeah. well, f- okay. So before I lose this thought, um, morality in this manga is an interesting thing because I feel like it's like gray or black, <laughs> or maybe it's white, gray, or black. You know, it's not black or white. People have allowed themselves to do certain things to get by in the world because it's a really harsh world to get through. So not everybody could be completely innocent. I think the only like potential complete innocents are maybe children, you know, it's the the children and most of the villagers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Basically, anybody who's too poor to have the chance to commit a crime. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I feel like 
everyone in the band of Hawk because they're mercenaries. They've had to to bend to certain things to to get by, and uh, also their loyalty to Griffith has swayed them to be able to do whatever it is that he needs. Yeah, um, yeah. And there are people like in the in the fifth volume that I read. There is a young girl in this village named Jill who Guts comes across in the forest because a bunch of, I don't know, weird, weird night-like merc kind of guys, robber bandit guys. They're, they're really mm-hmm. hodgepodgey in their design. They're very weird. Um, mm-hmm. They are going to do something terrible to this young woman, Jill. And Guts, Guts cut, you know, saves her and brings her back to the village and the village does not welcome him with open arms because he's with Puck and the, this village is supposedly getting plagued by elves, quote unquote, coming in and attacking the village. Yeah, yeah. And um, turns out that it's it's Jill's friend who made a deal so that she mm-hmm. could become a part, uh, she could be part of this legend that was called... Um, is it called Peeker? Pika? Peeker? Peekar? I think it's something like that. And it was like this thing where it was this child that was brought, who was very sick and was brought into the, into the misty valleys where the elves live. And they said, we'll save your child, but they will look kind of like an elf. And so the, the kid felt like they were never really human and they weren't really elf. They were just this in between. And so she felt like she was, never really a part of this village. She had a really hard life. Um, and so she left in the middle of the night, told her friend Jill, I'm going to go and become what I always wanted to be or whatever. And then she becomes this like terrible moth elf insect queen thing that takes <laughs> children, puts them in cocoons and turns them into little flying piranhas. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's, they're kind of, um, uh, Lord of the Flies in a way, except that it's not like these kids are perfectly fine until they were thrown on an island with each other. It was like hmm. these kids are perfectly fine until they were thrown into a cocoon and became demon <laughs> insect spawn. It's yes. kind of <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> that's that's the world of Berserk. It's like, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things where Puck is like, no, Guts, you got to do the right thing. You can't just go in and kill anybody. And then Guts is like, but my sword is called kill you now and it has to kill you now kill you now must kill you now Mm -hmm. so yeah he goes to destroy this 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 elf queen insect lady and jill is being like kind of seduced by it like you will become one of us kind of thing you're my friend yes it's like she still cares about her and she kind of snaps out of it and is like oh yeah jill what's up jill how you doing girl (laughs) it's been a long time look at me i'm looking fly Mm -hmm. i got my demon wish it's awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know one thing i love too i'm pretty sure this has happened uh from your point of view in the books is that as they were heading towards the eclipse um, where the the band of the hawk, uh, all of Guts's friends, were all uh, uh, absorbed by, taken into another dimension, and horribly, horribly murdered. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> as they were heading into that and around that, 
all of the demons that showed up are all the demons that we've already seen at the beginning of the series or at the point where you're about to hit. Mm. So uh, the slug demon, the snake demon, and the uh, fairy moth woman demon, they're all kind of chilling around the point of the eclipse um, and just kind of prepping you. That. And, and it's just kind of a nice unified sense of the timeline. Interesting. Um, because with the exception of the snake guy, the others never show up in the anime. Um, and that's because they had to omit a lot of things because they pretty much figured they were never going to be able to do the entirety of Berserk. Um, but when you read it all in the context of the manga, they're all there. It ties up perfectly, hmm. um, which is a very satisfying feeling. You know, to just be like, oh, yeah, you were there. We're a big slug guy. Good to know. Um, So, yeah, I just I love that cohesiveness of that world. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is cohesiveness. There's there's more characterization. There's there's a depth of emotion. It really has a lot to it. Like I can understand like when when we were working in the store, in the comic store, we would we would scream about Berserk from the rooftops. Like you, me and Leanne would all be like, Berserk, you know, mm-hmm. but it was it, it's difficult to sell sometimes because it is so violent, because there is a, a sexual violence and sexual trauma um, that it can be difficult to be like, read this book about suffering, you know, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. which is kind of our MO. Cause it was also like, this will make you sad too. And this will make you cry. It's yeah, great. The- you should buy every one of them. The genre of soul crush. There's you know? something wrong with us. But at the same time, the reason why we like these stories is because there is like a heart to it. There's a depth to it. Yeah. There's something interesting that draws you in. I mean, like, like to your eternity with um, Yoshitaki Oima, um, her stuff is always like this character depth and this level yes. of emotional um, evocativeness that it just pulls you in. You're like, God, this is tearing my soul apart, but I can't stop reading it. Like I have to keep reading it because it's just so beautiful and interesting. Yeah. And I think Kintaro does that too. Yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely worth mentioning in that. uh, I think one of the reasons we gravitate towards soul crushing things is that they remind us that we have a soul um, because we're, (laughs) we're so numb at a certain point, especially with this year, but like uh, with, with, our job as managers of comic book stores, we get drained as because it's a retail job. And when you're reading just like your run of the mill Marvel DC or just a random image sci-fi book, they can be well done. They can have good character moments, but they're still kind of surface level for the most part. Um, they, they don't, they're not as evocative as we we need because our hides are now a bit tougher to get through. Right. And so when you get something like to your eternity or berserk uh, or anything like that, and it just gets you right in the feels, like it takes a spear and shoves it into your feels Mm -hmm. and twists the spear. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's how why we react to it. We're like, Oh wow. Yeah. You were able to pierce through my black heart and, (laughs) and, Reveal to me more horrible darkness. Great. <laughs> you know, I'm really curious. Like uh, my friend Josh, uh, way back in the day when we we dated long, long time ago, um, he had a lot of anime and a lot of stuff that he just had on, on the shelf. And I would be like, oh, what's this? What's this? And I try a bunch of stuff. He never had any berserk, but he's been a huge berserk fan for a really long time. 
And I really, I talk about it a little bit with him, but I'd be really curious to know what it is that, uh, that he gravitates to, because I think there's an element mm. of maybe a, a young man reading Berserk that might appeal to the level of masculinity and kind of like strong, tough oh, yeah. guy. But there's That'll more happen. to Berserk because you'll grow, you might grow out of that. You you know, you could get any yeah. kind of anime or manga that's just like, ah, big tough guy with sword, I smash you. <laughs> and we then we have girl and she got big tit, you know, and it's like, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> just one tit, just one yeah. really huge <laughs> just tit. One real big tit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it still has staying power. Him and, and my friend Eric, who are really, they're both really good friends with each other. They both love Berserk. And Eric is actually a very sweet, very good man. He, um, and <laughs> and Josh is, he good man too, but you know, he's also kind of shitbird. Um, and oh, I okay. love him very yeah. much. That's why we're still friends, why we've been friends for a very long time. Um, but but it's they're two kind of different personality types, and they still really resonate with Berserk. And I'd, I'd be curious to know why other people love Berserk. I know why we love Berserk because we yeah. like to be reminded we have a soul. But <laughs> yes, well, it's 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 got so many tonal variations because it will appeal uh, it will appeal to a broad range of people as far as like well, I just came here for the hyper violence, but I stayed for the whatever. Um, but the <laughs> it's it will still appeal to what i tend to call the lowest common denominator um which is you know i don't mean to be too offensive with that but it's it's the people who are like oh yeah look at that guy's skull get cleaved off his body right. you know like the people that are just there they're, for that they're the you know? the gore fetishists right like the gore fetishes but i mean i'm also talking like lowest common denominator can include like just people being like uh oh, look at this rob liefeld comet it's awesome because he's got <laughs> big guns you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 just, just people that base level of base level and very surface level yeah and so uh berserk will appeal to that because True. it has that element it will also appeal to fans of of things like dark souls and bloodborne sure. because dark souls and bloodbone bloodbone bloodborne are heavily 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 influenced by it to the point where if you reread that first volume uh, the first hardcover of Berserk, there is the sequence where they go to hell and they meet the God Hand. And one of the God Hand says, indeed, they are the Dark Souls. <laughs> and there's there's specific demons that are lifted directly from Berserk that show up in Dark Souls. And the entirety of the architecture from Bloodborne is lifted from the later volumes of Berserk. Um, it is all lovingly done. It is a tribute. It's been credited. So it's not a ripoff. But, like, for anybody who sees those things in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you need to check yourself and know where that stuff came from. <laughs> and it's from Berserk. Um, so when Guts turns to that, that young woman in the beginning of the, the manga whose, you know, father is a slug demon monster, he mm. just turns, he just, he's like walking away and then he turns and he just says get good and then he walks away yeah. <laughs> yes exactly. and that is also like where the community got that from from reading berserk <laughs> yes it, it's the the entirety the entirety of berserk everybody he kills he just calls a casual uh yeah and that's that's a that's a dark souls thing where anybody who gives up too quickly is yeah. a casual yeah yeah so yeah that yes. mentality berserk... is just that guts mentality you know yeah yeah get good <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about the latest Crunchyroll Berserk? If you want to, you you have more input on it than I do, uh, because you were able to last through more than I could. I watched the whole episode. Okay. Yeah. You lasted more than I could. Yeah. So what you got? Tell me what you got. Okay. So, uh, oh, there's so many things. The first thing <laughs> is when it starts off and it does the introduction like credits, the intro credits, uh, it really gives you a, a story kind of up until the point of, well, sort of up until the point of where the first episode starts. It tells you, it shows you a little golden age stuff. You see Griffith. Um, it even shows like Casca post the eclipse when she's like lost her mind. Um, and it, and it's, it's interesting cause they're just kind of like, Hey, this is the season that you saw way back in the day. And then we begin. But the problem is, is they skip right after the eclipse when guts, it goes to the, um, to the blacksmith's house to, mm. to, to be safe from the demons and brings Casca there. And they realize Casca's lost her mind. And is it Rickett who's there? The little boy who was part of the mercenary? Is that his name? Yeah. Rickett, I think. Yeah, I think it's Rickett. Yeah. Yeah. So he's there. He's the, him, Casca, and Guts are the only ones who have survived from the um, from the eclipse the that's eclipse. happened. Yeah. Um, everyone else has either died or become a demon god. Um, and <laughs> it turns out that Casca is pregnant. Uh, Guts and Casca had sex once, and she's pregnant. Um, and I guess because she was, or no, because she also had sex with Griffith unconsensually. This is what and I, that's the thing that we've talked about. Yeah. So I mentioned this yes. to you. I, I believe that it could be a triple threat child. It could because be. the thing is, at that point in time, Griffith wasn't a normal corporeal human that's anymore. True. So, so so this could be one yes. of those weird like. This is this is one of those weird things where you're just like, hmm, definitely not tasteful. Well, but it's just like it could be like a spiritual and physical merging. Absolutely. So when they're child. in the eclipse, Griffith becomes his, you know, fully realized demon self. He looks like guts right in the eye and rapes Casca. Hmm. I don't know if he actually looks him right in the eye, but I feel like Griffith would look him right in the eye because he's got he so much hate for guts yes. at that point, and he's like, "Look what I'm doing, bitch!" And it's just yeah. fucking awful. Um, in the animation, original animation of the '90s, it's like, "Well, this is terrible," mm -hmm. but I get through it, and it's okay. I read the manga, and it's like 17 pages of Griffith <laughs> just raping Casca. It's not really 17 pages; that's my exaggeration number. But it it's feels just like, like it, it feels like 17 pages, and I'm like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. It felt like 17 pages for Casca, yeah. It yeah, felt, yeah, yeah maybe 17,000 pages. So anyway, yeah. it doesn't go through, like, any of that kind of stuff where she has a miscarriage and a demon spawn comes out of her little blobby Belial kind of creature from Basket Case. And then it's just kind of like, <laughs> I'm gonna haunt you later, bye! You know, because, right. like, Guts goes and slices him. But I guess nobody's really ever dead because they're not really alive. Doesn't he slice him? Yeah. Something like that. No, I don't I don't remember him slicing the baby. Okay, maybe it just the, became the, Dawn and then the baby just was like, bye. Yeah. The baby yeah, it just it just that's what happens. When Dawn happens, happens, the demon souls, the dark souls tend to disappear. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. The the demon baby, uh, or the the ethereal child, uh, shows up in the very first volume. Like it's it's there from the beginning. Yeah. Yep. Well, shit. So, now you. Now I gotta reread everything again, Chris. Yeah, you do. I say that like that's a problem. 
Yeah. I'm only reading Smut and Berserk, so it's fine. <laughs> if Berserk becomes too much, I'll just read some more Smut. Um, so it just, it doesn't even talk about any of that stuff, but I'm pretty sure the demon baby does show up in that first episode, because it's like little Belial blobby thing that's just like whispering in Guts's ear like, I hate you. You're not my real dad. You'll never be anything. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what he whispers. That's why I just ad-libbed that. But um, See, and that's interesting because the child never says anything ever. Yeah, um, it's just sort of the there, right? Oh. It's just there. It's it's haunting him, and it has a long-term effect, and you'll start to see a different manifestation later. Um, but yeah, it's it's not actually a thing. It's that, like that says anything. The first episode is a lot of like trying to show that Guts is haunted. You know, he's haunted yes. by his past. He's he's haunted by these demons. He's he's just haunted. Uh, he's haunted by his baby Belial. You know everything. Um, it's the problem with the with the episode is is a couple fold. Mm -hmm. So one, we have terrible CGI animation. It's very wooded wooden. And the editing of it is so weird. We'll have these long, like, uh, zoomed-in pan shots of something like his cape or the grass or something. And it's like, why are we spending 30 seconds on doing the zoom when we... And I, it's like, I'm sitting there trying to go, what are we looking at? And then I realize what we're looking at. And then it's over with the pan and it's on to the show. And I'm like, why did we do that? Is it called art? Because it's bad art. And you, it's like high school art if we're doing that you know like yeah. a level of art it's just like no you're not being cool it's actually confusing it's taking out of the immersion it's a waste of time um and it's just unnecessary you could be focusing on so many other things yep you could probably save a few minutes and then do actually do some story <laughs> yeah so that's a problem and then yeah it's the, the it's the jaunting thing of like the jolting thing of it's CGI, but they try to put this, like, pencil shading over it. Like, if you're on an iPad or something like that, and you click the pencil right. the pencil tool, and it's like, this is what a digital pencil looks like. It's like that kind yeah. of... And it's it like, looks amateurish. It does. And it's just... But then they'll have normal kind of animation, almost, where, like, you'll get a zoom in on Puck, or, like, um, when when Guts comes across Colette and the, the father, who's a monk in the wooden wagon, and they get attacked by... Uh, demons and they die and guts has to move on with his life um oh yeah see that's interesting because that's literally the second chapter i know in they the jump book, so that they jump all over the place they do that yeah. they do the scene where um he saves puck with the mercenaries uh, you know unintentionally saves puck right but even the battle there is like it's kind of an off off panel kill because he like punches mm. the guy but it's so zoomed in that you're like, okay, so you punched the guy. But it's like, you killed him! And it's like, you did? Okay. It was one punch. Yeah. <laughs> Is this Batman and Guy Gardner? Like, what's happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's confusing stuff like that. And then they have, like, the kid who is helping the mercenaries there, who's, like, running in the forest trying to figure out what he's doing. And I don't know who that character is. I don't know if that's, like, a later character that shows up. But they just show this random kid, like, running through the forest, I guess, trying to find guts, because, I don't know. Mm. I don't know, it's confusing. And then and then they do the stuff where it's Jill, with those weird ragtag bandit guys, and the tree, where, you know, people used to, um, like, take out people's intestines, nail them to the tree, have them run around, and that's where guts shows up, demons come out, he saves Jill, and that kind of thing. So that that happens as well. 
Um, and then there's like a witch girl who shows up. Yeah, the witch girl. Who's like talking about stuff, but that's also not in that. But they do that within the first episode? They do it in the first episode. And I'm thinking this. See, that's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So they use stuff from the manga, but they also, they just kind of fold it all together. Yeah, they shove it into the wrong sequences. Yeah, this is another reason I can't watch it. It's the worst bastardization. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's weird choices all around. It's like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Um, and I read a really good review on Crunchyroll. Um, it was a two out of five star thing. And they said something like, um, it's, it, it's very awkward and disjointed. And they're doing like um, a mashup of Black Swordsman arc, the Lost Children chapter, and the first part of the Binding Chain chapter. And the way that they edit that, it's just like, why did you, why did you do that? It's really weird. The other thing that was, was driving me crazy besides the editing of the actual physical animation being all over the place and the weird pans and the this and the that, and it's like, it's normal animation, then it's CGI animation, then it's like really, really shiny CG animation, like the demon, like the skeleton soldier guys rise up when they attack the the wooden wagon with Colette and the monk. Mm -hmm. And they're super, super smoothy, shiny, digitally rendered. And it's like, so then you did that, but then it's like, just pick, pick a style for one. Right, right. But then there's this horrible, and I'm going to take this person's uh, quote here, painfully generic butt metal riffs. Yes. uh, I heard some of that and I was like, I'm out. No. Because the original soundtrack to the the 90s anime is fantastic. It's really good. Um, And I was trying to think of why it is. Like, whoever decided on the sound design uh, just didn't understand what they were doing. Yeah. Because it's not well, Doom. It's not Doom Eternal. It's not a video game where you're just, you know, shooting things and it's like, okay, cool. Even the Doom music's good. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, this is, this. I get the feeling, and I mean, I've got no way to back this up, but I got the feeling uh, from what very little I saw that this is a new studio. They were, they were definitely people that loved Berserk, but they were part of that lowest common denominator that didn't get it. Yeah. And they're just like, I just want to show you all the awesome stuff where they like slices people in half. And it's just like, ah, oh, crap. They also got the wrong director. The director was originally on something that had that was like so far removed from what Berserk was and how you would animate Berserk and how you would lay out the scenes. It was I can't even remember what it was. I'd have to look it up. But it was just like, no, you don't hire this person. This person right. is making like. I don't know, some frou-frou, little silly indie, you know, girl going through life, whatever. It's just like, no, you don't, you don't do Berserk. (laughs) It's not the person you hire. Right. So that was just like a raw, it was just like a lot of wrong moves. It really got to the point where I was watching this episode and it was, it was so frantic, all over the place, chaotic, in a way that made it overstimulating. And I was like, I don't, this is hard to this is hard to watch and it's not because guts was running all over the place slashing so fast that i couldn't keep up with it it was all of these little art directions the the way that they were doing the scenes the way that they were editing it the way that the animation was the way that the music was and it's just a, like a cacophony of like awful <laughs> <laughs> a cacophony of awful is a really great way to describe that whole project 
And and so I'm yeah. I'm in a bind because there's a part of me that still had a little bit of enjoyment okay. in it. Like it, it in the beginning I was like, "Oh shit, maybe I'll maybe I'll keep watching this because it was it was it was not good, but it wasn't so bad." Hmm. And it, I think it was just because of the introductory credits, the, the opening credits that I was like, oh, okay. But that was like the most streamlined thing. And it was just like a quick, uh, like shuffle play, of, not shuffle play. What's the word? Uh, montage. Yeah. It was just a, like a, a montage of, of what was, you know, what had come before. And I was like, okay. But then it got into the actual episode and I was like, oh no, oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. Well, I still kind of want to watch it, though, but I feel like maybe one a month. Maybe. Well, my my recommendation would be, because they've, they've bastardized so many elements of the story, is that you at least read through as much as you can I before will. going back to it. I will. Because I think that might lend you more hatred. Uh, and if there's anything I like to do is to give people reasons to hate things. Well, I just want to be clear. I think it's a piece of trash. I think it's awful and I think it is valid that people do not like it Mm -hmm. because I think it's barely watchable as a, as a, I'm being very kind to your animation that you made. (laughs) It's barely watchable and it might give me a seizure if I keep watching it. So that's how I feel about all those CG things. Like I wanted to watch that Godzilla series and the new Ultraman series um they're also uh netflix just got in the uh uh what's it called drifting dragons and i love Mm. the manga and the moment i realized what i was looking at i i shut it off it's i i just have a visceral reaction to that style yeah um it's so lifeless and it's so disjointed um and i it strikes me as a lazy style and I realize, like, there's a lot of pressure in producing, you know, an anime, uh, anything. Um, but there's still a certain point where it's just like, when all your models are the same person, nah. Nah, brah. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. That's what killed me during the, the Berserk movies, was that for the most part, everyone had their own model. Sometimes it would flip to 2D. But whenever there was, like, a, a siege of a castle... Every single soldier was the same man. And it's like, I hate that. I hate that because that means in 1992, 93, some guys in a studio, some people in a studio, sat down and made sure to draw every single unique face. And it's like, you're telling me you can't do that anymore? You know? You're telling me you can't do that in a more streamlined, efficient way now. No, you just had to input the same character model again and again and again. It's, I mean, I would think it would be something similar to, like, if you're making assets for a video game, you know, you're making, like, a bunch of different bushes and and grass and flowers and all the kind of stuff. And then you, the way that you decide to put things into the world to make it look organic, it's like you would make all the assets of different, like, tons of different faces, maybe body, you know, yeah. parts and things like that and then you would put them together in a way that yeah. would make it more interesting even a randomly generated it'd probably look bad i mean like no man's sky didn't come out the way we thought it would it was not right. it was no jurassic park so um <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, no, yeah. I, I, exactly what you're saying. You would normally make at least 20 faces for the generic gallery. Something. And then copy and paste accordingly. Yeah. Um, in this one, it's like they did one and they're like, that's good. I'm done. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of weird. It's like, I, I, this is another one of those moments where I, I wonder more about the industry and, and, the pressures put on 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 different companies and how they need to produce because, you know, it's probably suits or somebody saying, well, this is the style. This is the style we do now. And this is just what you're going to do. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't know how how who's calling the shots and and what's being said and what's the budgetary culture restraints. and, yeah. you know, what's budgetary. Yeah. Budgetary restraints, all those types of things. Like, I just don't know what that looks like. So it's like I want to rain down just terrible terribleness about it but at the same time i also want to think about the human beings that have to sit in those seats and and animate things and and what they are being put under yeah or maybe it's just people making bad choices and saying this is the style and this is what we're doing i i don't know it's one of those things that i i i always hope and dream and wish that they'll another studio will have another crack at it but i think this is all it's what we got and at least we'll always have the manga you know yeah and so it's going back to the score yes the original score from the 90s show it was composed by and i might butcher this susumu harasawa okay um he also did the paprika soundtrack and he's just like an overall composer guy Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, the thing that I like about the score, and there's not many songs, there's like five songs or something, right? Um, that are part of the score, not the, the bands that they did for intros and, and outros. It's got this very avant-garde feel to it. Yeah. And it is a very, it's very weird, you know, but yes. it also has these very beautiful melodic tones, mm-hmm. um, very hypnotic qualities sometimes. It's almost kind of fairy tale esque, yeah. but in this like demented place. And that fits so well for me, especially with the Golden Age arc, where you're thinking like there's this this wartime back in the Middle Ages, you know, so you get this kind of like do 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 do, but then it's like, but then there's weird stuff happening, and so it's like da 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 da. <laughs> yes yes um <laughs> that is the entire soundtrack reproduced by us <laughs> so it's like things are normal but they're a little askew it's like dutch angle of music music something's not sure. right here something's weird yes 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 well the uh i just like the picture that that composer was just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little, little experiment here, and the other people were just kind of like, sure, we, we're busy, we're drawing fifty different faces right now, because <laughs> we were, because we want to do this sequence, sequence right, yeah, and then they, then they got them together, and because uh, I think Mira actually had a hand in the production somewhere along the way, so uh, yeah. and he was just kind of like, roll with it, I'm down with this, yeah, and so this new Crunchyroll season two, it. It's like, why couldn't they, if they couldn't get that composer, who he's still alive, he's 66, mm-hmm. he's still still in existence. Still composing. If he's busy or doesn't want to be associated with it, that's fine. But why not go out and find an interesting avant-garde musician composer to do yeah. something 
that's inspired by. Because again, in my mind, the 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 guys behind this production, they just called in their buddy and they're like, "Give us some tasty riffs." It's like you know, it's like the Mad Max Fury Road guy. He just like rolls up on his like bungee cord. But no, no. <laughs> see, then it would be good. <laughs> then it would be good. That's true. I'm still trying. Yeah. I'm still trying to. I'm still aiming too high, aren't I? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? He has. He has a name. But uh, don't don't belittle bungee flamethrower guitar guy. I'm more about <laughs> the attitude of it, of like this is hard and brutal, so we must have metal music. It's that it's that mentality. I guess, but it's still kind of a cargo cult mentality to me, and that they don't get it, and they they just have like this is like some some terrible garage band that just will never achieve its dreams, and this is the highest they could get. Oh no, I'm absolutely for that. It's that they miss the beat. It's like yeah. Berserk is hard on its own. It doesn't need help being darker. It doesn't need help being edgy. It doesn't need help being like we're brutal. It's the mm. the material itself speaks volumes. It speaks over 40 volumes. So, it's just you yeah. need to you need to do something interesting and artistic and something that kind of makes you feel a little like what is happening right now? Yeah, As yeah, opposed yeah. to being like da 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 I sword da 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 I slash da 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 you dead. It's like <laughs> well, I, don't I think care. there's <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one trucks uh, one trucks one track where it just goes and guts and guts and yes guts yes and I'm just like that's a little too on the head and when you shouldn't be anywhere near the body and <laughs> on the nose uh, but i like that you just said it's the whole head <laughs> it's the whole head you know you're on the head it's man. The whole it's head. it's like it's like modok it's, it's it is. the whole freaking head that's all there's it is. a nose in there but it's really tiny because it's mostly head yeah and the thing is if you were gonna go with that death metal thing then you needed to go all the way and just get just get death clock and just go for it you know you definitely need somebody being like like you need mm-hmm. maybe something like that where like well death clock like would have worked because then they would have literally had somebody going i will murder you and then <laughs> piss in your eyes you know like something like that like if you're gonna go for it go for the most direct little <laughs> translation of the violence like that that'd be good <laughs> yes with lyrics yeah. in there which i don't remember but that is a song that's a song in there <laughs> Well, <sighs> I think we covered a good chunk. We were all over the map. So, oh, we were all over. If the this map made people's brains explode, I'm very sorry. <laughs> but he read the beginning. I read the end. We've watched all the different animes. There's, it's, it's kind of all over the place anyway, right? Yeah. Justification yeah, exactly. corner. Hi. <laughs> well, we can always do this again. Oh, we will. And if you want to, oh, we will. And if you want to, we could definitely uh, like hard focus on a specific volume or something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But it's still fun. Yeah. And I really enjoy getting your feedback on that new series that I will never watch. Um. Yeah, you really shouldn't. I mean, no, you just no, really no. shouldn't. It's no, no, no. <laughs> there's just something in me, and it's just terrible. I just, I love Berserk so much that there's just a part of me that's like, but maybe you could just give it a try because it's Berserk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which hurts my soul to say because it was bad. Yeah. I even it, went it... off on a whole tangent to my husband who could never care about Berserk at right. all. 
that poor man right. had to listen to me go on about this episode because I just was like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> I should have just called Josh and been like, what are they doing? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you could always call me and be like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, any, there's a part of me that just th- wants to, like, maybe off the recording. I'm sorry. I know you want to end this episode, but you just can't. I can't let it lie. It just, uh, okay. It just goes scene for scene and be like, give me three hours <laughs> of your time. Okay, this scene. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just trying to save you from uh, how much you're going to have to edit this. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so any any final thoughts on Berserk? I need to reread it clearly. So. All right. Mm. That's not a bad and I'm, thing. I'm going to be rereading it too, so we could sync up a bit. Yeah, I think syncing up might might help to to streamline this a little bit more, um, because there's just there's just so much content, right? There's so much I feel like you can always talk about. And again, like you said, you get so much out of rereading stuff. And clearly, there's things that I don't remember coming across mm-hmm. or haven't made the connection or whatever. And right. uh, so it's just really, it's really useful. It's kind of like when we read Preacher from Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon and rediscovering those characters is always, is always interesting. It always, it's always interesting. That's the thing. It's like you right. could reread Berserk again and again, and it's still interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that everything has that, that content. It's like, okay, I read that. I'm done now. I will never read you again. But it's like Berserk is like, I'll probably read you again in the next year or maybe in a few months right, or something. So... It's just good. Yes, it's just good. You don't have to. You don't have to get good. It's just good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Berserk is good. Berserk is good. Well, then on that note, uh, let me just do a quick plug here. Uh, if you are interested in listening, re- listening, reading, whatever my rants, uh, you could check out trustyhenchman.com. There's links on the front page there to my Patreon, Twitter, everything tumblr blah 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 and uh otherwise you can catch us next time here on we should write this down uh and uh yeah now it's time for our awkward goodbyes bye goodbye (laughs) hey (laughs) perfect perfect (laughs) and cut and cut goodbye